Hello, and welcome to another edition of The More, The Merrier. This is Donna G. On Wednesday, October the 12th, All Quiet on the Western Front opens at the TIFF Bell Lightbox. I didn't get a chance to see this film at TIFF 2022, but I did get a chance to speak to the composer, Volker Bertelmann. Volker and I go back in the festival to 2016 when I first interviewed him and his collaborator, Dustin O'Halloran, about the film Lion. Later on in the show, you'll hear an excerpt from the film Lion with Dustin, and this was before they even knew they were going to be nominated for an Oscar award in the field of composition. But up first, here is Volker and I discussing the film All Quiet on the Western Front. After that, you'll hear pieces of music from the film. My order of the tracks is Flares, Remains, Making Sense of War, Night Fires, and Retreat. As usual, you can reach me on my socials at TMTM with Donna G on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or simply www.ciut.fm and click on The More, The Merrier. Enjoy the show. You're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. This is Donna G at the Toronto International Film Festival. And I'm here with, with someone who I consider to be an old friend now. Uh, we've done two interviews in the past. He is at this year's festival with two films on his own. The first is All Quiet on the Western Front, and the second is War Sailor. Volker, welcome to the festival. Welcome back to the festival. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm tripping over that name because in my head you're Hauschka. And I also knew you were Volker Bertelman, but now you're Volker. So tell me why you changed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there are two important reasons for that. One um, was that I had the feeling that in the composer world of film music, um, but I think also in the classical composer world, it's very unusual that you have an art, like band name, um, you know, as a single person. I've chosen that band name, Hauschka, uh, in a way intentionally because I wanted to be not connected with any kind of um, association in terms of, yeah, this is a, whatever, a man that has these instruments or whatever. I just wanted to have a name where people at the hotel ask me, so who else is belonging to Hauschka? <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, we thought you were a woman. Or so that it's undefined. I wanted to be have the name as a surprise, which doesn't work in the kind of world where people announce you as a winner of an award. Or there, it's always a little bit like, yeah, but people are not, you know, they're not connecting with your effort a little bit. So. That was one reason, and the other reason was that I had the feeling that um, that my own music is a different music than film music, and the more films I'm doing, the more diverse they are. And what is really interesting for me in film is that I can be not Hauschka, in a way. I can actually find, I can work on uh, with a single guitar, or I can work on, which I could do with Hauschka as well, but. I have the feeling that it's much more an, a, a ground where I'm doing different things. And so I felt the disconnection of those two parts uh, where I'm doing music most 
is maybe necessary. And if you look at my homepage, there is a, a picture of me being cut in half. And on one side I'm Hauschka and on the other side I'm Volker Bertelmann. Did you find that you were getting more work as Volker? Because there was no... Con- because as Hauschka, people are expecting one thing. Mm. But as Volker Bertelmann, they're probably more open. So are you finding you're getting more... Uh, movie music score work uh, because you're using your old name and not Hauschka? I would say not necessarily more work but I have the feeling that there is a more it's more transparent it feels more like a business partner rather than oh I don't know if I get if I get it the score in time or something like that you know what I mean it's and I think both sides have an advantage um, and I also have the feeling that um, that with a change, suddenly it was, uh, which was important, I think after, you know, Lion and Current War, um, that I had the feeling that I need also, I need films where I'm acknowledged as a different person, maybe as as a indie collaborator with with someone else. So I had the feeling it's it's good to. You know, to use my own name, and I'm uh, I'm very glad about that step. So, which film did you start working on first, All Quiet on the Western Front or War Sailor? Well, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front was the first film uh, that was starting last autumn in autumn 2021. I got the request, and Edward Berger, the director, I, um, I worked with on a couple of things. I worked with him on Patrick Melrose, the series uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch, and um, on Your Honor, the series with Brian Cranston. So we, we already worked on a few things. I also did music for his um, film All My Loving, so you know, which was a very small German movie. So in a way, um, with him, I have the feeling that we are a very good team in terms of he let me do my thing. You know, he's a very open-minded person. But this time he said to me um, when when he called me and he said, uh, I would love to work with you on All Quiet. He said to me, but I want to have something that ha- you, that you've never done. And I was Which like, is I was feeling what? the pressure. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> then if you say something like that, that's like, uh, you know, it's a little bit like inventing the wheel in you. So, um, what did he want? Well, he wanted something, I think he wanted to challenge me, which I think is really nice because uh, for an artist, it's uh, important that you, you know, that you expand and that, that you're constantly moving. And um, I think it's all about growth in a way. Uh, so when he said that, I took it as a chance of um, finding out what I haven't I done. And there was also the question, you know, about instrumentation and what could be the a new approach. So my feeling was I wanted to use an instrument from that time. And I also, you know, I'm not sure if that idea was, was there first or if I, the idea was that I wanted to use the harmonium of my grand grandmother. Uh, which is which I restored at some point, and it was sitting in my studio, and I always wanted to do a movie with that sound. For people who are listening who don't know what a harmonium is, can you describe it? Well, it's um, I think in some 
place it's called uh, also called a pump organ which is uh, you know you have paddles um, that you have to move constantly and they crack and they have a little bit of a mechanical engine uh, they sound like a you know like you're you have to pump uh, air inside of it and then you have tongues inside of the um, of the instrument and they create this kind of organ sound and you can depending on what kind of organ you have or harmonium you have you can actually you have also the same kind of uh, knobs like in an organ where you can add uh, different colors like woodwind colors vocal colors and you can use an octave uh, low below and uh, so you can connect keys with each other and um, it sounds like it was fun for you adapting your grandmother's instrument for this film yes because also my grand grand my grandfather uh, who was born in 1898 who I knew uh, very well um, he was um, you know he was nearly uh, going into the first world war and I also went into our history of our family um, and I found out that I think at least five relatives died in the in that war so there was a lot of I would say connections to that time um, and also it reminded me there was also the sensibility of our time at the moment where you can sense that you know let's say 15 years ago you would never have think that the world in we're, that we're living in can change so drastically and so quick and at that time I think nobody thought that suddenly in two or three years suddenly uh, their sons and their children are or their men are in a war that has no sense at all exactly and here it, we are it's like, exactly it's like you look at history and you think well how did this place go from being so liberal and open to something that's you know so fascist yeah totally <laughs> and we in North America are living that now and we're experiencing it and it's not just in the history books anymore. No. So I think All Quiet on the Western Front is very timely uh, for, the, for the, you know, the era that we're, that we're living in. So I want to talk about um, developing music for scenes. Was there a particular scene that was challenging for you to compose for? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, we're, we have constantly to do with the topic of death and at the same time, the fragility of life, which, uh, you know, makes it also very beautiful. I mean, that we are, that we can die every moment in a way makes, uh, you know, the energy of soaking in life with, uh, with every, in every moment, that makes it so fascinating and uh, exciting in a way. Um, with that movie, I had to find a kind of delicate line between the hopelessness and at the same time, you know, these boys that are going into war, that are five protagonists, they meet at a morning in school or at university and they are like, we want to go there, like uh, an adventure, you know, like, let's, let's go there, let's have some fun. That was their intention, yeah. completely blindfolded in a way. 
and so you and they through the process they are getting so not only humble they get this thought of having fun is the is hell and they have to cope with it in a way and they can't get out because they are now everybody who you know uh, leaves the front gets shot by gets shot. by the old man yeah. so in a way you are suddenly trapped and uh, at that time the soldiers were not freely uh, they were not um, they forced to go to the front they were freely signing in yeah they signed yeah they just said hey oh yeah, let's do that volunteered to yes. go yes for the adventure let's go there so to find the music that is in a way the kind of echo of their past life which slowly gets buried underneath the horror um, there was one very challenging thing to find a melody that in a way has the you know the longing and the, the you know the memory of something that let's say sitting at home having a coffee talking to friends you know going for a dance like I would say the usual things that you are enjoying that are suddenly taken away and uh, you have suddenly only you're only in mud and uh, wet and cold and uh, no food and things like that and your friends are dying yes and your friends are dying step by step which is the in a way the the book describes that in a way that has also a little bit you know to do with seeing that fate in a way is sometimes just something that is such a thin line of timing where you are at at a certain moment because when you are standing in a five meters away from the point where you were standing you were dead but you were standing in a kind of corner where the granite was not hitting you so you were just standing there and the film shows a little bit that kind of vastness of of a war where you just don't know when where you get hit and even some are surviving the whole war but they die at the last moment where the war is over and that happens all the time that happens yeah. where you hear stories about um, people dying on the day that there's a war has been declared over yeah exactly and, but they don't live to see that moment no and uh, in a way to find the music for that tragic moment but it's also it's in a way a, a, a symbolic theme for our in a way for our lives because uh, you know to be in a certain place at a certain moment that influences your life to a to a different to a massive extent is happening to everyone in smaller or bigger scale but you can also be let's say when I was driving once in the underground I was on my way to Wales to a studio where I wanted to record uh, my uh, new record and I was in the underground I planned it actually to go there with my family yeah, because we wanted to stay there a little bit but because of circumstances uh, the we were not we had already everything booked and um, if I would have done that with my family we would have taken a certain underground from Paddington station well to Paddington station from Liverpool Street and um, but because we 
accidentally my family was not able to make it so I did it by myself but I couldn't go the same train I could take the next one mm-hmm. so on my way from so I did the underground everything was fine I went out of the town and I took the train from Paddington station to Wales and I would say like three kilometers outside the train stopped and everybody had to go out of the train and we were sitting in a in a bar watching television and we just saw the bombing of the underground in London oh it was that day yes it was that day so if I would have taken an hour earlier train I would have been in it with yes. my two daughters and uh, my wife uh, and so you know that is for example an example for decisions are not always clear for for us and uh, the film plays actually with that sensitivity of um, you know finding the longing for these moments where you are extensively happy and the moments where it's just everything collapses Uh, and that was very difficult and it was difficult to find a sound for the war machine which we always named it war machine because we said there is this animal that is you know, growing, and um, it's a little bit like old uni- uniforms. Uh, you know, going, getting washed. Blood is getting out of the uniforms. New tickets are, you know, new names are. Yeah. Uh, you know. That's right. Going on the uniforms, yeah. and then the uniforms are passed on to the next passed one. Passed on to the next one. Yes. And what will happen to that next person? Yes. It does. You never know, and maybe in that process, it really doesn't matter because nobody takes care of the individual. Right. It's more about the plan. The unit. That what say the the guys on big tables, not on the front. Of course. You know where they have red wine and they're like, let's do it that way. I know. And this decision just causes uh, hundred thousands of deaths. So in a way, that that describes the film. and that was a very interesting and uh, for me challenging process but I loved it now contrast All Quiet on the Western Front with War Sailor Mm -hmm. it's coincidental that (laughs) both your projects are about war the first world war and the second world war and War Sailor is Germany's invasion Germany's invasion of Norway Mm -hmm. Um, so you're working on All Quiet on the Western Front when does War Sailor appear to you when did you get that invitation Mm -hmm. to do the score well I got that already during uh, I was writing uh, for All Quiet on the Western Front but it was um, you know uh, after I finished um, All Quiet on the Western Front. I was uh, starting with War Sailor. And um, first of all, it was for me very... It's always, it always feels nice when you have a topic where people from your country were in the story, were involved, and you just get invited to do it, to do music for it. It was the same when I was invited by a woman from Tel Aviv to you know do the music for a film about their her family in the Holocaust um, that feels very you know it, it feels really I feel relieved doing that because I um, I'm having the feeling that I can participate on something that shows 
brings also a light on historical events that are very important to see. And this is definitely a story of uh, Norwegian heroes who actually helped to fight the, the invasion and uh, with their courage. And that uh, is also a story of not accepting, you know, things so easily and also not accepting, you know, the, the German um, government at that time and Hitler and the whole Nazi government was so full of lies and, uh, you know, in, in infiltrating opinions and... Uh, which we have in our days again, you know, it's the same thing. So to see that there are people that are standing up about that and, and they fight for the truth in a way and fight for their own will of, um, you know, being independent and just not having, you know, people putting their, their power on them and using them or even, you know, deport them or whatever. Which I think is a, I don't know, I, we have so much knowledge and we're still doing the same thing again, which is for me like a really bizarre feeling and it, it reminds me of my mother who always said uh, you only can change the surroundings in your own little circles. That is so true and that's how we have to look at it and because otherwise we would come to a standstill and be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But if you help others around you, then you can see the difference that you're making um, in the, that small piece of the, the big puzzle. Yes, and it also influences the opinion of people around you that are, again, influencing others. So it's a little bit like a snowball mm -hmm. system. And uh, so with, um, with War Sailor, I was very happy to be a part of that. And um, the film itself is a total different approach on you know on the war because um, war sailor is a very um, you know very sensitive film about um, you know a family that in a way gets soaked into this kind of war process and um, it, the music for it needed to be much more fragile and uh, nothing with bullets and you know tanks and uh, no war machine no war machine in that case it was much more about the the question in, in that film how the earthiness of uh, you know humble people and uh, their courage which also i mean their humble um, attitude led to in a way to the same thing in a lot of ways as the whatever the people that said oh let's go to an adventure in a way the same results were caused by the by the war and you know friends were dying um, people didn't survive um, their courage in a way um, but the film describes this very very pure and because it's such a, I would say the, the northern European films, they have a kind of purity. A lot of times they are very, like, very mm, direct. So there's no, let's say, no, we can't show that or we can't say that because it's, uh, maybe it will... Offend. Yeah, it will offend or it will take away the 
the breakfast feeling on you know <laughs> after that or you can't eat something after it <laughs> but at the same time films that are digestible in a let's let's say like a chewing gum are in a way where you're getting used to that you know we, we, there's not much films that are challenging in terms of um, and I'm not saying that they have to you know uh, be totally uh, weird and strange I think there are, are some films that are really entertaining but at the same time they have a lot of depth and to find those films is not so easy and this one is one of them as well as at All Quiet what made you accept the film? Well, I was reading the, the script and I was like, uh, well, the combination of reading the script, I loved the story. I had the feeling that um, I wanted to be a part of it in a way as well, you know, maybe from historical reasons, but as well as, a, you know, I love actually working with, with foreign countries in a way as well I'm, uh, you know I, I love working on German films um, as well as on American and um, English of course as well which is for me foreign yes. as well you know <laughs> so uh, I love being surrounded by people that have a different approach or a different attitude but that doesn't stop in England and in America and in Germany it's also uh, you know I did a Finnish movie for example that had premiere uh, a few weeks ago, which is about, uh, which is a sci-fi movie about uh, the lack of water in the world, and uh, you know, which I thought was a very interesting topic uh, for me. So, working on things that have somehow make sense and uh, are also, um, you know, uh, based in a different country where I haven't worked. Is for me a very interesting thing. So that was the reason why I felt the Norwegian film is very interesting for me, and um, I would love to work with Gunnar, who's the Gunnar Vikene, who is a fantastic filmmaker. I mean, he's very. I mean, he worked on this film so hard and so long, and uh, the good thing is about that process, which I haven't uh, had with other films. A lot of the other films are always in a kind of structure they had to get finished you know and there's pressure uh, in there in this case there was also pressure but there was also the 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 time to make things really good so when he didn't like things they had to be removed and there has to be another try and we we are you know i would say we're in a time if you don't have money it's very hard to remove things and do things again. You know? Yes, <laughs> it's like time is time really is money. Yeah, so in a way, it's uh, it's interesting that uh, you have an uh, you know uh, I would say an independent film um, having the resources to do that. That was really nice to see, and uh, it helped the film a lot. Yeah. Now, how did you feel? when you found out that both the films that you composed were going to be at the Toronto International Film Festival? Well, first of all, I said, yes, because <laughs> I, uh, I can come back, you know? Yeah, because I know you like Toronto. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. And I, I loved, actually, uh, um, I said, that's a good reason. Well, the first uh, 
uh, All Quiet was uh, mentioned to me bef first and then I booked already a hotel and a flight and I said I'm going <laughs> and then uh, when War Sailor was uh, also accepted I was very uh, I was very happy about it and um, then uh, I got the news that um, All Quiet is the German submission for the Oscars which is uh, very nice which is also very nice <laughs> which I felt was uh, yeah which is not easy to get uh, no. Which, uh, no no I looked I, because I never knew about the process but it's there is a lot of politics and you know a lot of um, things involved that uh, maybe politics is the wrong word but there is a lot of things involved to get there as a as a choice you know And how extraordinary is it that um, War Sailor, this indie film that allowed you to do what you wanted, and to a certain extent, um, it must feel very exciting to have that little film here as well. No, totally, totally. I have the feeling that both, actually both films were films where I did, where I was able to, you know, there was not much involvement or much interfering there was much more um, a real back and forth in terms of hey you can do that better or come on you know go we want to have it rougher you know things that you normally can you smooth it a little bit out or can you make it lighter make it, make it more palatable yes, yes or make it lighter or oh this is so dark or It's so sad. So when, when you hear that, then you're like, ah, oh, come on, this is again the... I need the color palette to, to wipe away all the interesting things for me. So um, in this case, these two films are, uh, in a way, representing, I would say, the, uh, a way of purity of my work. And I'm very, very glad to see those two films, you know, resonating with the audience, to see how... I mean, both films will make people cry and, uh, you know, will, uh, will rest with you. Uh, maybe sometimes you can't see another film after that because they are really strong. But at the same time, they also are, um, you know, they are influencing your thinking in a way that, or your feelings um, in a way that you are really thinking about who you are, where you are at. And you draw comparisons to, to our times, you know. Are you prepared for the audience's response that said, "You made me cry"? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's of course it's nice that that people are having emotions when when you when they hear your music and they see the film, and of course it's a, you know, it's a collaborative process of of both. At the same time, of course, I can see when there is a pure feedback afterwards that people are really enjoying the music. And the funny thing about music is the music transports a lot of the film afterwards into people's hearts in a way. You know, they, when, they, when the film is already over, they might go to the soundtrack or they listen or they still have something in their in their head from the end credits or you know where they like ah yes i remember this tune or you know why i'm touched so 
a lot of times the response when it's a good film people come afterwards to you and say hey, the music was fantastic and not in a way like you you know sometimes phrases are always the same phrases <laughs> you know because they are yeah oh you're fantastic and you're phenom phenomenal but um, you can sense that there is a uh, when they are touched it's a different uh, approach and I, I love that of course it's the same like after a concert when people come to the record table and they cry or they say hey I'm uh, I don't know what happened to me but I love how you're playing you know that's uh, for me uh, fuel and we'll end on that wonderful note thank you so much Volker you're welcome
As promised, up next is an excerpt from my interview with Dustin O'Halloran and Volker when they were at the Toronto International Film Festival 2016 with the film Lion. This was before their Oscar nomination. Then taking us out will be Denise Williams with the Yiddish song Donna Donna. See you next week. How did you actually end up collaborating? Well, on I, this I film? was I was on tour in Melbourne uh, or in Australia, and I played in Melbourne where Garth Davis is uh, living, and uh, he came to my concert, and he was asking if I would be interested uh, in scoring the film after the after the concert because he said that maybe the mu- his m- my music would fit very nicely to the first half. And um, then he mentioned that conversation if I would be interested or if I could imagine to work with uh, Dustin O'Halloran together. And I said, man, if I can imagine to work with someone, then it's him because it's uh, we know each other. And I know that there is an like an easy way of working together and communicating. There is no hassle with ego and stuff like that. So I, I felt like uh, very uh, happy that he was mentioning him rather than somebody else. So. And I said uh, it would be wonderful if uh, that could work. And uh, then from that conversation onwards, uh, I think it took three weeks or four weeks, and we had to we're in. Half of making music is just liking the person that you're with. I mean, wanting to spend time with the person you're with, because inevitably you spend a lot of time in a room together when you're making music. And so... we were already, we love hanging out whenever he's in Berlin or whenever we have time to hang out, we're always spending so much time together. So making music is together was just a very natural process. Process, yeah. yeah. This is a very emotional film. It concerns, it's based on a true story of uh, Saru Briarly, who as a young boy um, orphaned, uh, well, lost, more, more than orphan, lost yeah. at a, a train station, eventually becomes adopted by an Australian couple and then uses Google Earth to find uh, his home in, in India. So the, the film is set in India, in Australia. So what went through your minds when you're thinking of composing uh, for a film that's set in, in basically in two different countries, different continents? Well, I think the first thing is actually what goes through your mind is what you don't want to do, I think. And uh, the first thing I think we do, we thought about is that we don't do is to add any kind of folk, um, like Indian folk uh, music or something like that. There's maybe bringing some strange, um, you know, country aspect into the into the music. We felt like it's a very modern film because it deals with a quite like a, a topic that everybody's, you know, touched by. Um, so, and everybody knows, has a, a thought about home and uh, like the feeling when, you know, Saru is just lost uh, in a big city, uh, you know, everybody can cope with. So we felt that we, we want to do a very modern, but touching and maybe not too over, not too big score, not too epic in a way and more sensitive. That was, yeah. I think that was our thoughts in the beginning. And w- the we, w- we were, l- it was nice because we actually had a, pr- a pretty close to final cut when we started, so it was clear what he wanted to do with the film, and it was clear that the film wasn't about being, you know, a poor kid and a, going to a middle class family. There, there is an element of that, but it was really about 
family love and how actually that's very equal and very universal and there and it always feels it's not a even a story about two nationalities it's really about family and motherly love and the connection that you feel and so musically it made sense that we're talking about that story and not getting into class or nationality and so the idea was you know in the end it's it is it's an emotional story which is universal so how how do you how do you work um do you view the film several times with the dialogue and the sound added and then start working do you work piece by piece chapter by chapter how what's the process well, in this case, we made a, um, a kind of spotting session. So you, you, um, the, the two of us and the director, and uh, I think it was also the producers. Uh, we we go through the whole film and uh, we make notes where which places um, could work for music, and then you have a list of you know scenes that you, and then um, in a way you start. Um, well, we divided the film at the beginning in in two halves, and I started in the first half, and he started with the second. But then we found out that I was jumping into the second half, and he was jumping into the first half because we, in a way, scenes are connected. Um, sometimes you feel like, oh, I would love to try this out, and maybe that could work for that area. So in a way, the creative process is different than a catalog. You know, you you don't go like step by step. Sometimes that's happening. But in this case, uh, we divided it, and then uh, at some point we felt like now it's the time, we have enough material that we can join. And uh, in between, we send it already ideas back and forth. Mm. So the the exchange was already happening, but at the same time we, uh, you know, we decided at some point. So now we have to meet in person and work together in the studio for another four weeks. And can can you describe the studio setting for me? Uh, yeah, well, we um, we had two pianos. We had an upright piano and a grand piano, and we mainly were using those to write with. Uh, we did a little bit of, we we did some prepared piano work on. With the grand, we used felt piano, which is putting a piece of felt between the hammers and the strings. And then we did a bit of recording on a Steinway at another studio to get a fuller, more bass, richer piano sound. Um, but I but I wanted to mention there was yeah. uh, Garth had a he w it was really interesting how he wanted to put musically the film together because it's two halves and so there was a lot of things that we sort of had to connect musically and sonic identities and a little bit of, of thematic work. But it was the first time that I've done a film like this where we would plant a very small seed of a melody that would come back when something, when he was, because there's a lot of flashbacks when he's older and a lot of things that he's remembering and the story is a lot about recalling these memories that he had. And so we're bringing back pieces of music that sonically identify these memories and, and Sort of building them through the film, and it was it was it was nice that we have like there's these little elements that c we could sort of build thematically through the film. Yeah, and it's and it's very subtle because there's no clear light motif running through the film. It's just these subtle moments that reference each other, mm -hmm. and because the direction of the film balances the past with the present mm -hmm. so fluidly, yeah. the music has to work too. So that must have been a challenge. Yeah. 
I think what was very, I think the, the most, um, when I was watching the movie now in the, at the premiere, I felt very uh, good about the tempo of, of the music. I mean, we had the, the, the music was so like pulling back, but the, you know, the activity in the film was like moving, like when he was running. Uh, and at the same time, the music was always like having these long uh, chords. I really loved that. It, it created, a, in a way, a kind of stability in the movie, which I think was uh, was helping it a lot. Yeah. So, and, and Garth was a great collaborator. Yeah. He had a lot of really great musical ideas. Yeah. There's a, vi a solo violin line that happens in the beginning when when the boy realizes he's alone on the train, and you don't hear it through the whole film until the first time he opens Google and the first moment when he's starting to think about looking, and he sees the train station, and then you hear this violin again, and that and Garth. It was sort of his idea to recall this, mm -hmm. and it was really smart the way he wanted to bring back these sort of musical motifs to also help the story and the feeling of, of going back and remembering, and, and I thought that was a really nice, you know, it was really nice to work with him in that way. And it must have been so rewarding for you to, to write music um, for uh, the young actor who's playing Saru as a boy. His mm. face must have appealed oh, to you. Oh, man, we're yeah. so good. We, sometimes we were unable to write. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's uh, he is such a, well, uh, like such a touching character. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you get that sense of family love that's oh. just emanating yeah. from who from him you know the little brother attached to the older brother wanting to do everything that the older brother does mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, and then the loss when uh, he's sort of away from the family I yeah. mean I, I have a three and a half year old boy and oh. if I imagine uh, him you know in one and a half years where he's still I mean kids are fragile yes. at that age when I imagine him being lost on a train station in Germany, um, you know, I w it would uh, tear me apart, you know, I would, I would cry and of course it would, and so when I see this movie, uh, straight away you totally realize in what kind of situation this boy is and uh, I mean our, our, uh, the real life right now is full of yeah. stories like that, you know that people are, you know, kids are alone yeah. or they travel in Germany, we have a lot of refugee kids that are just arriving from Syria by themselves so uh, you can imagine uh, I, I really felt uh, this whole all these stories in that moment when you when you see the movie you know uh, so so how do you then um, show them you have to write music Dev Patel plays Saru as as a, as a man so does, how does that change what you write or does it well, I think that the music becomes it, it it pulls into more of a, a shape in the second half. And at the beginning, there's a lot of tension, and you feel like you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think that Falker's his the way he invent it, the music is so inventive, and you never really understand where it's going. Really helps the beginning of the film because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, he's this boy is lost, and he does. He's just trying to figure things out, and and then the second half, we start to kind of pull the shapes together a little bit more. It's a little bit more thematic, and obviously, he's older. He's had this grown up in a middle class family, and it's 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 a different period of time. So, 
it, we kind of bring back the first theme that opens the film, and that starts to play a little bit more in the second half. And then there's a sort of spiritual theme that is in both halves, which is the wing victory for the sullen track. And uh, and we have a lot of like like piano pieces there that are just clearly only one instrument, and uh, they, they are. I think these line actually these pieces were. I felt at the premiere in the theater they were so close uh, recorded that I, I really thought that this was very good because they, you know, sonically they are different than all the others because they are, we use a lot of like pads and uh, like longer stretching string notes. But in that period, suddenly the piano comes in in a very clear way. Yeah, there's some beautiful strings in this movie, but not the keening make me feel kind of strings. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like sometimes uh, strings can have that keening, you know, uh, well, that it, I, ju I just hate. It mm. quickly becomes a, a rich chocolate cake of emotion. <laughs> yes. and, and we tried to avoid that yeah, as much as okay. we could. Especially with a movie like this that is so emotional and has great performances. The last thing we want to do is ruin it with a bunch of music that it just, it, people are going to feel, if you, Take the music away. The music is. I mean, if you take the music away, the film is great, and that is a sign of a great performance. And that is such a great place to start when you're making music. That we can just push, be there, a part of it, but we don't have to create it. It's there. Right. The music in the film is not obvious, no. which is what which is what I love. But it's also yeah. the hard process that because every chord change can make the scene yeah. completely yeah. different. It's very delicate. Yeah. It's really delicate. It's like the music never took me out of the film, <laughs> um, which is what I love. It's mm. like, don't jolt me from the story, like mm. compliment the yeah. story. And you guys did a brilliant job of that yeah. in the we, film. We worked uh, it's funny, when you see the film, it's a very restrained, minimal score, but we worked so hard and so long to make it that way <laughs> and then when you hear it you, you know people would think well why did this take you so long because it's just <laughs> a solo piano and one string but to figure out that element and how to make it work in the right way is sometimes that's a, it's a more delicate process mm -hmm. to, to 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 be restrained right because you have to respect the silence of the film as well yeah, absolutely
どんな